0: everybody and welcome to Audio Judo, the podcast that's all about music, but only a little bit of music at a time. I'm Kyle. Hello, this is Matthew.
2: And uh, while while some of you that uh, are out there may be familiar with uh, our other podcast that we do called The Talk Around Show, uh, that's currently on a hiatus due to job responsibilities for about two-fifths of the talent. So we decided we wanted to keep going and talking about stuff but we wanted to uh narrow down the scope a little bit maybe less about humor maybe a little more informative some humor but uh touch on uh, one of my favorite topics and that's music and that's a pretty broad uh beginning
0: very broad beginning
2: right but the the goal is probably three or fourfold We want to take a a couple different approaches to um, some musical aspects, comparing albums, uh, tearing apart albums, maybe talking about uh, things that get in your head that you can't forget about, and uh, kind of see where that takes us. So this is the inaugural uh, episode. The
0: pilot episode.
2: That's a better word.
0: Which, uh, this is the positive use of the word pilot episode. The negative use is where you're like, oh God, we had a pilot episode and the plane ended up in the river. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> sorry that's a
0: horrible pilot episode sorry I had to that's all right uh yeah but you know I when you were describing to me what to, what you wanted to do with this the first thing that popped into my mind was like it's a it's a music discovery because that's that's the thing to me that has become we have more information than we've ever had in our lives we have access to every piece of music basically that exists but there's no good way to discover it because you're just, you're like, oh, let's type in rock and roll. And then it's just like this huge wave just buries. You and you're like, oh, my God.
2: Six million.
0: And you're just buried underneath all this weight. And you're like, I don't even know where to begin. Screw it. I'm just going to hit random or listen to something I've listened to before. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's like what, you know, when you were talking about your ideas for, you know, what you wanted to discuss and things, that was what immediately popped in was like, it's a great way to discover Old music, new music, and, and you know what is what other people are listening to right now
2: so we're going to take a, a journey of discovery as it were a journey of discovery: It's a musical journey of discovery uh, with that, hopefully uh, if you join us on this uh, journey there's going to be some homework involved for you as yes. well. so going down the road we'll be able to give you a path that Next week or next episode, listen to whatever record we're going to uh, talk about uh, before we get there. So you have some sort of knowledge, or after the fact, it's completely up to you.
0: Yeah. Or during. Yes. Some of these times we're going to do like a track by track breakdown of of the album, and you could potentially listen to what we have to say about the track and then go listen to the track.
2: And we can make it (laughs) (laughs) interactive.
0: Might be a little more difficult for you, but uh, worth (laughs) a try. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Let's, that's what we hope, uh, hope to accomplish with this. is I, We hope people find it interesting and informative and actually useful.
2: So we, uh, we talked about it and we decided we landed on an album from 1991. And yes, I realize I've dated myself by referring to it as an album, but I will probably do that a lot.
0: And the words from 1991.
2: Also dated me. Kyle was probably like five
0: uh, let's see, I would have been seven. Oh, close enough. Close enough.
2: So we landed on a record from, record, see, record, album, record, whatever. Record, album. From 1991 by a, uh, indie, actually wasn't independent, a, um, a band called Toad the Wet Sprocket, and the album is Fear. Uh, a little
0: background. All lowercase, by the way, F-E-A-R, all lowercase.
2: Correct. Uh, a little background about, uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket. So, the name of the band as odd as it is, uh, was from a Monty Python sketch, a obscure Monty Python sketch from uh, <laughs> an album called the Contractual Obligation album. It's when Monty Python was done, but uh, RCA still had their rights to record two more records, so they just banged out a bunch of ridiculous skits. Rock Notes was the name of the skit. Eric Idle referred to Rex Stardust, lead electric triangle, Toad the wet sprocket, <laughs> and broken his elbow on a worldwide tour of finland <laughs> that's what he said so these guys from santa barbara loved uh, were obviously monty python fans so they uh took it and ran with it interesting note later eric Idle heard one of their songs on the radio while he was driving and almost crashed his car when they said <laughs> this is a song by toad wet but they actually became Uh, acquaintances at one point, and they gave him a platinum uh, album of uh, one of their later records as a thank you. Oh, that's cool. Anyone that um, knows me knows that if you reference Monty Python for whatever reason, you automatically get a certain level of respect in my book. So, as a 18-year-old kid looking through the record store, you see Toad the Wet Sprocket, the band, I'm like, well, I must have, (laughs) and I will buy. And I did. So, their first uh, would be their second record, uh, which was named Pale, just a bizarre, muddy mix, very angsty, sad, depressing record. If, if you ever mm. listen, if you ever need a record to listen to when it's raining out and you want to be super depressed, go to the album before Fear. It'll take you there.
0: That was the one too that they recorded, like on their own, right? Correct. That one was a. I remember reading somewhere they spent less than $1000 to record that album.
2: Yeah, their first record, Bread and Circus, they spent 650 bucks to record. Okay. And then the second one was like 6000, but essentially oh, they okay.
0: played live,
2: very few overdubs, you know. They weren't tracking it. it. Just banged out the record and then
0: Then Fear was sponsored by Columbia. They they paid to have it recorded, but they didn't pay for the rights to it.
2: They did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh Discovery-wise, paint a picture. So this is 1991. I am a. am uh, working at a insurance company that will go remain nameless for the time <laughs> uh, in Michigan. And, uh, we had, uh, I worked with about five or six 40 to 50 year old ladies and me, a 19 year old kid in a, at <laughs> a branch of this insurance place. So I was entertainment, uh, for them during the summer that, they wanted to hear the stories of me staying up till two a.m., but still getting up at, for work at six fifteen. So, so every day they would take me out to lunch, huh. just to hear the stories. Like, what'd you do last night? Who'd you go see in concert? I'm like, oh, it was Costello. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> did you get drunk? I'm like, uh, No, yes, yes, mostly yes. tell us about it. So they would, uh, they would do that. So uh, one of the. Uh, Older ladies, uh, Bobby, and I were the only two smokers in the group. So after lunch, we would go sit on this uh, bench in the mall and just sit there and watch people walk by and smoke cigarettes. Well, every other Friday was payday, and I would take my check and immediately go to Harmony House, which was the record store, chain record store of Metro Detroit. And I would go peruse for the last 15 minutes of my lunch break and buy, usually buy two CDs or whatever and go back. So this was post. That I had been listening to for a while, I went in there and they had uh, start perusing through, and there's this bright yellow. I remember, the, and if anyone remembers the old cardboard uh, CD packaging that was the, like a foot long.
0: Oh yeah, the anti-theft CD packaging. It was,
2: it was huge. Yeah, yeah. So it sticks out because it's the whole thing's super bright yellow. I'm like, what is this? What is it? Oh, it's Toad the Wet bracket. Okay, this is great. And I expected to find the same angsty, muddled mix of a record that the first one has but that first the first few stanzas of uh walk on the ocean that first song changed everything this was like world changing for at least listening to them for me like because it was uh he was singing in a higher register it was bright it was mixed well and it was totally different
0: it's definitely a lot more even on this album that song is poppy
2: Oh, very much compared so.
0: to everything else on this album, and I can only imagine. I haven't heard "Pale," but I can only imagine from your description that if it really is more melancholy and more downbeat. Oh, yeah. That that song has got to be like, oh my god, what is this compared to what came before?
2: It was it was a very strange, eye opening type listen, especially with how that the beginning of that song is very, very naked. Just just the voice. It's like right out of the gate, it's just the voice singing there's no musical accompaniment for those first few seconds and coming out of what they had previously recorded it was big huge departure hmm. which is what this album became so we
1: spotted the ocean at the head of the trail where are we going so far away somebody
2: So they recorded this record in Reno at a a studio called Granny's House. Granny's House. Uh, In Reno. And at the time, the lead singer was 20 years old. Uh, Everyone else in the band was 21, and going to the casino. (laughs) And doing what 21-year-olds do, and he wasn't. You'd sit back in the studio and write. They recorded it in 25 days. Wow. Right? Just kind of banged it out. So I know a lot about this record. Give me your impressions as a a first-time observer or first-time listener to it.
0: Like I was saying the other day, this is actually, like, there were two songs on here that I recognized, and I guarantee just about anybody else that listens to this Will also recognize it. The first track, "Walk on the Ocean," it it had a lot of radio play all the way through the '90s. Even when I was in high school, after 2000, it was still like a pretty popular song compared to most everything else on this album. Really poppy, really you know good. I, I enjoy that song actually. And the other one was uh, "All I Want." That one was everywhere. Like when I was in middle school and high school. Which would have been you know seven or eight years after this album came out, but mm-hmm. it was still around, it was still popular, it was still getting airplay,
2: well, and they still play it on uh lithium
0: yeah, quite frequently yeah. overall i I really liked it. I thought it was a it's a well put together album, it kind of i don't want to get too much into this now. we'll get into it, I think later after we break down some of the tracks, but I think that it it definitely has an overarching overarching theme mm-hmm. to it that I think it it has to be planned. Like, I mean, obviously it's not something that happens accidentally. Right. It's something that, uh, you know, screw it. Let's just get into it. Okay. I think, I think this whole album is a story about what happens to probably a young boy between the time they begin to go through puberty and the time you hit like your mid to late twenties, where you realize life is about more than sex, Mm -hmm. where you begin to sort of end puberty and you're not constantly thinking about it and i think it's it's chronological through that and i think that it's uh some of it's more blatant than others sure obviously but like that's just listening to it once from beginning to end i was like oh yeah i can see that storyline in yeah there.
2: that's a it's a pretty fair assessment considering that's what i have written down <laughs>
0: <laughs> good i'm glad i'm
2: not far off no no that's uh yeah that's fair because i think you almost throw out the first song because it seems like it was a, like a pop statement for them, which doesn't even fit into the narrative with me.
0: See, I think it does fit into the narrative. Go on. I think it could be about two different things.
2: Mm.
0: One is I think it could be directly about losing your virginity, whereas going to the ocean is literally having sex for the first time.
1: Mm.
0: So you're you're on this path. You're headed down to the ocean. Other people have told you about it. They've told you, oh, it's it's fun and it's safe and you can go there. And you go there, and then you're like, 30 minutes later, it's over with, it's done. We don't have, all we have about it is our memories. We go away from it.
2: 30 minutes later, good for you, (laughs)
0: Hey, that's not me. uh, That's from the song. I don't, uh, I take Oh, that's true, half an hour later. I take no credit for that. But then, later on in the song, when you get home, it's all people who don't trust you, and you know, you can't breathe the air, and it's... That's what happens after that first time, where you're like, oh, it's all these like one-night stands and hookups and things that I, I never build up a trust with anybody ever And kind again. of
2: forgot that it even – it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, the it's people just, have already just, forgotten that this happened. Exactly. Like, right, it's just moving a thing on. now. Yeah, it's an interesting assessment.
0: The other possibility is that it's a, an allegory for – uh, going through puberty mm. Because you start out with It's this innocent You know Oh we're just going to the ocean We're just going to go Have a fun day at the beach
2: And that becomes very complicated Exactly
0: you have to excuse me if I keep leaning away Leaning away to cough
2: uh, If you got a cough You
0: gotta yeah. cough But uh, yeah It's sort of a Like an allegory For going through puberty mm-hmm. And you You know It starts out as this Innocent thing that you don't expect And then it gets dirty And then it gets complicated And you have all these Weird feelings like You know Okay Sexual feelings and you know things that you don't understand, especially if you don't have a guide to pull you through it sure i don't i don't know i I felt like it sort of fit in there in a sort of unusual a little bit out of order way, mm-hmm. but I think that it fit yeah it is it is definitely different than everything else on the album, but I still think it fit
2: because the second song would predate
0: yes exactly
2: what happens in that first song then by way of if it if it is a narrative yes, that first one is more like Ten-year-old, twelve-year-old kids sneaking out of the house to go, you know, look at a haunted house. Basically,
0: that's a. Is is it it for for me, me, right? And the very first thing that I wrote when I was taking notes listening to this was, "Is this a lost? They might be giants song." (laughs) (laughs) Because it totally sounds like just uh, what is it? David had a David fell off a ladder and
2: right. And every time I listen to that song, all I see in my head is "Stand by Me."
0: With, okay, with yeah. Will
2: Wheaton, Wheaton. So the, Will Wheaton So they're all sneaking out of the house Obviously in the movie they're going to see a dead body But yeah. but it's the same sort of thing Where you get a bunch of boys together And they're like, you know, we're not going to not going to tell really them to sneak out And do this on the, the down
0: Yeah and like again I definitely feel like this was early puberty. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what it's that's what the whole song is about. It's, you know, a group of your friends thinking out to do things and then you sort of as you get older, you drift apart from one another because now you're interested in sex and in their case probably girls, you right. know? Not in my case, <laughs> but in their case for sure you're interested <laughs> in girls and sex. But uh I don't yeah, know. I mean I re- I really, you know, I you have to think about who's writing this.
2: Uh, the guy writing the lyrics is 19 and 20 at the time. Yeah. So so he's
0: right in the middle of it.
2: Yep. Or right. more
0: towards the end, but pretty much very in the middle of it. Very
2: specifically, he had just, I, I believe he had just got married right yeah. around that time. So young married guy still kind of battling with these emotions and feelings and you know, very, uh, very specific, like Hold Her Down is a very specific. Oh, yeah. Uh, and well, and... Backstory about that, that they are very involved in a rape crisis center in uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, He had a family member go through it, and it was a a very angry, it's a very angry song.
0: I I wondered about that, because there's not any veil there. It is very clearly a song about a woman being raped, and what happens to her during. I mean, the the lyrics are like, hold her down until she stops...
2: Breathing. Breathing, hold her
0: down until she stops kicking.
2: Yep, there's a... He gave an interview Mm -hmm. uh, several years ago and in this quoting him directly, it says uh, it's uncomfortable to have the song released as a single. It has the potential danger to be taken at face value because of its somewhat graphic nature. It's not a pleasant song. It's angry and ugly, but sexual assault can't be portrayed as anything but ugly. It is, however, a very personal piece and not a contrivance. It should be a disturbing song, but it's not without hope.
0: This is Glenn Phillips, right? The lead singer.
2: Yep yeah it's a very and i've I've seen them several times. I've never seen them perform that song live.
0: I would imagine they probably don't yeah it's it is definitely a a very strong song yeah and it it definitely like even just the first time I heard it, I was like, holy crap, they actually like yeah they went, put this on here yeah and it's it is very like it's not it's not incredibly graphic, but you understand listening to it exactly what's happening
2: yeah how casual the whole thing is for the perpetrators. Yeah. It's like...
0: Well, and then even, what is it, uh Before You Were Born, the song two after, the, yeah. or one after that one on the album is about basically the same thing happening to someone's mother. Uh-huh. Like, uh, before you were born, someone kicked in the door. Yeah. And then you don't... I don't remember the exact lyrics now. I'd have to look them up, but it's you don't want to hear what happened yeah. next, basically. And that's, you know, okay, you're a bastard because literally your mother was someone kicked open the door and raped your mother yeah. and you were born as a result.
2: Of it's it. very raw. Yeah. It's very, it's a, it's a very raw couple of songs. Yeah. Packaged in the, I mean, this, you know, we talked about how they were cataloged. Um, they were kind of caught in the in-between after the, the demise of hair metal mm-hmm. and the ascent of grunge. They were kind of labeled in with this. It's college music. Yeah, This is college music. And I'm like, what is college music? What? Lightning Seeds and, and Toad the Wits Sprocket and bands like that. And they were, it was very bizarre. It, people, are you listening to folk? No? No?
0: Well, definitely. I mean, there's mandolins in it. Yep. So there are several songs that you can hear. It is almost like a folk rock sort of a sound to it. But it's definitely not folk rock. It's almost like a pre-grunge sound. Yeah. Like it's not quite what I would classify as, as grunge, but it's nope. also not it's not just rock. It's it's something in between.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of texture to it.
0: Yeah. That's a good word
2: for like, it. Like I didn't feel like they were trying to write something that would be popular now, like we want to write a popular record for nineteen ninety one. They were trying to write a beautiful record with well crafted songs, and that's kinda of like where we landed like how do you how do you describe a band that that at the same time is simple and complex yeah because their melodies are simple and direct but there's nuance and texture to it that i think lots of bands missed out on and they were you know very uh frugal judicious with how they used mixing and layering and stuff like that but there was room to breathe in the songs like there was space in the songs to allow songs to breathe yeah. and have space. And I think that a lot of their stuff has that.
0: It's not all hitting you at once. Right.
2: It's not like a wash and a slap across the face. There's it's like a it's very breathy. Lots of stuff in there.
0: I like that. I like that description. Oh, well thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shouldn't do that. Shouldn't make that sound.
0: <laughs> Songs not. about rape. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't work. No, I don't like that. No,
2: that's not right. <laughs> some of the other uh, what? Some of the other tunes on there. Uh,
0: uh, the other one that I think everybody would recognize is uh, "All I Want." Yeah, that one got a lot of radio play. Yeah,
2: it's very popular. This it, and it was uh, was also the last song to make the record. Uh, so Columbia wanted fourteen songs on the record, mm-hmm. and they settled on twelve. And that one was the last one to make the cut, and half the band wanted it and half the band didn't.
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: they were torn between another song called All in All that ended up on a B-Sides compilation down the road. Okay. They made the right choice. But there was an <laughs> argument, you know, disagreement about, about which was the stronger song, and they were, two of them were f- afraid that that, w- that song was so direct and poppy. Yeah. That it wouldn't balance with the rest of the record. That didn't sound like that. So, but they ended up putting it on there anyway. And it took, I guess, nine months after the album was released for that to get any sort of radio play. So that they're yeah they released Walk on the Ocean was the first single, actually no Is it for me was the first single died on the spot, <laughs> and Walk on the Ocean did okay, would eventually do very well but only after All I Want did well so it was, yeah nine months later so it would have been was released in August of ninety one so it would have been like mid ninety two and they said they had already played like a hundred shows supporting this record. Before that single actually broke, wow. before it did any good, <laughs> so that long kind of build up to it, and you're already well versed in in your concert material at that yeah. point. So it's interesting how that became like the defining song for them, because it isn't like to me that it wouldn't even make the top thirty <laughs> of songs. It's like oh yeah yeah I love that song all I want <laughs> the, It it is.
0: I I feel like that's, if you take that song outside of the context of the album, it really is just, it's just a poppy song. But in the context of the album, I think it's about dealing with your first breakup. Right. And it's about dealing with, you know, that sort of idealized pop culture version of, of, you know, relationships ending that everybody has.
2: But then again, there we go go back to another one of my repeating themes is that... I listen, I still want to listen to records. I still want to listen to complete packages and not just, Hey, we banged out a single last week and we're going to go on tour in support of the single. And there's no, like, like there, there was so much more to it. Like, does it fit on the record? Well, yeah, they included it on the record because it fit with the record. They didn't include on the record because they were going to release it as a single and make a, a, a million dollars. Yeah. They, they put it on there because it facilitated their story. And I, I still think that's still one of the big lacking things in music is that there isn't a total package of it anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff for further podcasts and dealing with that. But, but that's like we were talking, uh, the, uh, you and I were talking the other day about how people were much more precise about how they broke up a record because there was a flip side to the record so you wanted the fourth or fifth song on the record to be just as strong as the first one because it was the beginning of someone flipping that record over and starting over Where now if you release a record with 12 songs it doesn't matter what freaking order it's in yeah nobody
0: cares well especially now because you could listen to it once and be like i like tracks three seven and eleven those are on a playlist now and you're never going to hear any of the rest of the album ever again. Right, and it's terrible. It's horrible. I still won't do that. And I think that's that's part of the reason why why we've seen such a fracture where people either release like you were saying, they release like one or two, two tracks at a time. Mm-hmm. They just say, "Hey, here's what we worked on for June," and they spit out two tracks, or they release an album that is all like I don't want to say all hits, but they're all at the same level. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. not like they wrote a hundred songs and narrowed it down to 10 that they thought could all potentially be like charting songs. Right. Just because they know if they aren't, they're just going to get thrown in the bin. Nobody's ever going to listen. Exactly.
2: There's no, there's no purpose to do that anymore. Yeah. And where they wrote for fear, they wrote like 40 or 50 songs. Yeah. And how many of them were like, like really listening to them going, that's not strong enough for this record, so we'll leave it off. Yeah. Instead of well, we need three hits. Focus on three hits. Like, eh. eh. <laughs> so yeah, that it's just a interesting way how that stuff lays out. And and again with the uh like with the cover art as well. It's very specifically like a, it's a model. It's like a clay, yeah, like almost like a paper mache or something that's painted. And the, again, the, how much time is devoted to, to making things look good and putting together a complete package. Cause now it's like, when I see it now, it's, it's a thumbnail on my phone. Yeah. So who cares what it looks like? It just doesn't, it doesn't matter, but it mattered then because it, Catches people's eye as they're walking through a record store. It's it is something unique and like calling to someone. Like I I like that. That's cool.
0: I always wonder too what's been lost with somebody actually had to make that. All yeah. the stuff that's in that album cover, the the mannequin head and the all the background stuff. Someone physically made that in a studio somewhere, and then they photographed it. Yeah. And today. I don't think that happens anywhere near as often. It's all Photoshop and it's all, you know, <laughs> there might be photographic elements in it, but it's all touched up. It's all doctored. It's all somebody created in a computer. And not to say that digital artists are not fantastic and not perfectly capable of making amazing things. Not at all. But I feel like it's different. It's a different type of art
2: now. Very much so. Which is,
0: is weird to say.
2: but Yeah, the physical art of, of that is gone. Yeah. And that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> and suddenly a downer. Oh. That's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Remember all that great stuff? Gone. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sound. <laughs> well, what else uh, what else should we talk about about this album, I don't right don't you? Know. You did say uh you know this has some uh, personal meaning for you because I believe uh, I will not take these things for granted was your wedding song correct that is correct to a degree so to a degree yeah
2: so there's yeah so uh i absolutely love that song right out of the gate poignant beautiful song and uh it became our relationship song at the very beginning of our relationship and uh, it was us kind of looking forward to our future like all these things mentioned in there about kids laughing in the hall and running through the forest and all these things. It was us looking to the future. So we decided that was going to be our wedding song. So I was pretty convinced that there was no way in hell the DJ would have that song at our wedding. (laughs) So I brought the CD with me to the wedding, and then we went and got in the limousine, and I threw it in the trunk with all my other stuff and then we drove around and went to the reception and got involved in picture taking and stuff and the limousine took away just drove away to come back and pick us up at the end of the reception mm-hmm. so the limo was gone so we're getting ready for our dance the CDs oh, still no. in the trunk of the car along with the cake knife i didn't i got i got trouble for that one too <laughs> so so i didn't have uh our wedding song per se, it was our wedding song. However, it was not played at, at our wedding. wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so our backup was uh, "Harvest Moon" by Neil Young. So oh. it's also a fantastic song, and we couldn't be happier for that because it was it was still a beautiful moment. But I always I get nudged when they play that in concert. <laughs> I get nudged by Heather. Like mm. I'm like, yes, I realize I forgot.
0: You're never gonna live no, that down, aren't you? Never
2: lived that no. So that so now now we saw them in concert uh three years ago, two, three years ago, and uh right in the front row and they played that song and we couldn't help but being really emotional about it. Well yeah. Because now we're looking backwards at all those things and all those things we ticked off that that chart with the kids and, and everything in that song that was very poignant then or or very uh exciting to look forward to is now poignant and and touching to us looking backwards <laughs> so it was very it was very interesting like there's lines in that song about you know someone giving reassurance on the phone and stuff like that because yeah. the first part of our relationship we were just talking all the time on the phone we just sit and talk for an hour and a half on the phone you know <laughs> telephones weird right
0: what What is that? What is uh, a telephone? No, right?
2: Telephones. It was two Campbell's soup cans and a string between <laughs> my house and her grandma's house. Oh, Okay, was, that makes sense. Yeah, that's all it was. So, yeah, it's very... Uh, it still has a lot of meaning. And actually, when we sit on the patio and, and drink wine and listen to music, that's usually the last song we'll listen to before we go in. Just, just kind of close, <laughs> close up the night, as it were. It's very... Uh, it's a very special song for us, definitely. That's cool. Which... The whole record is because we we know all the words to all these songs <laughs> backwards and forwards.
0: So that just means it's a good record.
2: Yeah, it's a fantastic record. I mean, there's there's some other songs on there that are just just equally beautiful. Like "Prayer Gods" is it just an out of character. It's hard to explain to someone what that song sounds like. Yes, because it almost sounds like a hymn. The way it's mixed, it's very echoey. It could be in a church. It's got this this very it's got this very chant like closing with a peace be with you in latin at the end and it's it's just a it's a wonderful song it's a beautiful song there isn't a weak song on the record which is why i picked it damn it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i will actually agree with that i think that there's i I don't think there were any songs on here that i was like it felt very level i guess is the right way to put it Hmm? like you know a lot of times when you listen to an album you're like the strongest song and then there's Two worse and then one really weak one and then a really strong one and then a weak one and then two medium ones. Absolutely. This one was pretty much level across the board. Yeah.
1: Flowers in the garden.
0: There were a couple that I did not enjoy as much as others, but they definitely were all like very strong.
2: And that makes sense. I mean, you're not going to enjoy everything about, I mean, you just wouldn't. There's, I mean, that's rare. Very rare. And I probably didn't at the beginning either. And now...
0: 10,000 listens later.
2: Right. Now it's, it's the package. It's 46 minutes of comfort, of familiarity where, you know, it's like, it's like watching a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Like do you know what's going to happen next? Of course I know what's going to happen next, but there's there's a comfort, a reassurance in in knowing that I know what's coming next. Yeah. makes you feel good it makes you feel safe and i like it like it's a it's a it's an important part of uh my musical uh journey so yeah <laughs> cool yeah i think that's it for me
0: that's fantastic like guess <laughs> it like since it was my first time listening to it i don't quite have that depth sure but uh i can say you know even if you've never heard of toad the wet sprocket listen to the album there's for sure two songs on here just about anybody that was alive in the 90s will recognize absolutely even if you were young i i enjoyed it do we want to rate albums when we do this?
2: We could rate them.
0: Because like, I, I would say this is 4 out of 5. Not a perfect album for me, but also very, very good.
2: That makes sense. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. Just I expect because, it as much. Just because I have to.
0: You stop coughing. I'm sorry, I can't. I have a, a horrible... My lungs are falling out of my butthole. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know what's wrong well,
2: that's with That's a them, weird but, place for yeah, them to fall out of. I know, of. right? And Randy's like...
0: What? Engineer Randy in the <laughs> booth just gave me the dirtiest side-eye look I've ever had in my life. Your lungs did what now?
2: Yeah. So, so I hope uh, uh I hope you uh enjoyed uh, going on a crazy little path with us yeah. here and the, uh, the
0: pilot episode
2: Pilot episode Body Judo, right? And hopefully you will continue down this path with us. I'm not sure. uh, Do we know what we're going to listen to next as we talked about it?
0: We talked about an an album, but I don't think we should say anything yet in case that one doesn't pan out for the next episode. Okay. Normally at this point, we might hint at what the next episode would be. Mm You know, let's do it. And if we don't do it, we can uh, apologize next time. Okay. So uh, the next one we're going to talk about is probably going to be Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy.
2: Yes. And we we probably will have a guest. Yes. uh, With us and to uh it um,
0: is mr led zeppelin uh, <laughs> help us break it down i don't know if you guys knew that he's just a single person
2: but and see what uh <laughs> what approach we take if we just take that one uh take it apart yeah that one has there's plenty of places we can go with oh, that yeah. there's a lot written about that one that we can explore definitely starting with the the kids on the rock on the album cover
0: Are the kids or i thought they were all women
2: no they're small there's oh. a, a little boy and a little girl. Oh, my. Yeah.
0: I'm going to have to relook at that. <laughs> not like that. No, I mean, I'm going to look at oh, it from an intellectual sure. standpoint. Of course. Not like a creepy uncle, like I, a no, not at all. curious uncle. Not like that either. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to stop while I'm ahead. So, uh, uh, also, you know, just as always with most people's podcasts, uh, we want to hear from everybody out there. We will probably have a website up for this soon. Yep. We'll probably have some social media stuff. We don't actually have it, any of it set up yet. But if you search for uh, Audio Judo on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, uh, you'll probably find us. If not, then we've probably died somewhere. Yep. Send Perhaps
2: help. we got stuck in quicksand.
0: Also a possibility,
2: yes. And that would be horrible. It would be horrible. shit is nasty.
0: I've heard it's terrible, it and is. the struggle is just difficult to get out. It's terrifying, but uh, yeah, uh, if you have, if you want to tell us, you know, where were you the first time you heard "Fear," or uh, you know, maybe you have never heard it, and you're going to listen to it for the first time after listening to this podcast. Let us know what you think of it.
2: I do know for sure that there's one person from in our fan base the talk around show mm-hmm. that is very familiar with this record, because uh, she mentioned she's, she saw the sticker. On the boom on, st- on oh. stage right, and she pointed at it and kind of shrugged, and I, I pointed at myself, and she she's like, "My husband and I love them, so we talked about it for like five ten minutes. So she will probably appreciate this, uh-huh. this podcast. So
0: whoever you are, mystery lady, yes, enjoy this episode and then hate the rest,
2: right? But, <laughs> yeah, but really, just like this one, yes. And, and tell your friends
0: yeah do let us know like I said uh, let us know what you thought of this episode let us know if you uh, have any great experiences with the uh, fear or with toad the wet sprocket or if there's anything you anything else you want to comment on uh, get in touch with us on uh, some kind of social media
2: All Right, we will have some sort of footprint shortly
0: yes yes we will and presumably in the show notes for this episode wherever you're downloading it we'll put some contact information in there so you can look it up
2: absolutely Everybody have uh, a good day wherever you are. Yes. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Talk to you soon.